0: I am not perfect. You know, I raised my son as a single dad. He came in one day and he just says, Daddy, Daddy, I drew a picture of you at school today. And I see this picture of me in blue felt a pen, a, a stick figure standing in front of two computer screens and a phone in each ear. He didn't need my profits. He needed my presence and balance is two counterweights playing tug-of-war. What we need to do is harmony. And harmony comes from intent.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and you know how we do this every single week. We're bringing you a story of an athlete, an entertainer, a celebrity, an author, a coach, somebody who's recognized that why and purpose is not enough. There's this underlying burn, and it's this burn that ignites your why and purpose that causes you to be disciplined on the days that you don't want to do it, and especially after you win. Today we have a very special guest, my friend Mel Abraham. And I say special guest, and he's become a special friend, and here's why. Let me give a little more of an intro than maybe I normally do. Brendan Burchard invites me to come out to speak at one of his Growth Day events in L.A., and if you've never been to one of these events, you probably remember on the episode with Trent Shelton, we talked about it. I mean, Brendan comes out with the LA marching band. I mean, he's getting that. There's nothing like this energy. But before I saw Brendan go on that stage, I had the opportunity backstage. I go to see our dear friend, Ed Milet. And all of a sudden, Mel walks in and Ed make sure that we connect and we start engaging and he's like ben mel abraham is one of the greatest human beings i have ever met and so he says this about mel and you could already tell there was just this engaging personality how much he cared and since then the personal videos i've received from mel our opportunity to hop on the phone and get to know each other it's one of those relationships where i say special because this man is special And even though this is a new friendship for us and for many of you, he is well known around the world for his books, his affluent blueprint, everything that he's done in the financial sector as an accountant, changing companies and how they think it's been incredible, his career. But I think he's going to become a special friend to you because he's got a big heart. He's got a passion for life. He's got another new book coming out. So we're going to talk about that as well. But Mel Abraham, my friend, welcome to the burn.
0: Ben, that is the best introduction I've ever had, man. Thank you so much. It's given me freaking goosebumps. I appreciate you, my friend. So good. And you're right. It's it's a young, it's a young friendship, but it's a deep friendship and it'll continue for a long, long
1: time. And I, I think one of the things that makes it special is I could tell your authenticity and your vulnerability. and, and you know, you look. At your career. And I think somebody could say, Oh, he's got a a book coming out about money and allowing the money that you've worked for to actually work harder for you after you've earned it. And it could just be this money conversation. But man, I mean, we were talking about your fight with cancer, talking about your passion, and one of your greatest victories you've ever had in your life is raising your son. And you went so deep, so fast. And I said, man, this is my kind of guy because I'm the emotional dude who cries when you watch Extreme Home Makeovers. And so for me, I'm like, and and I don't know if you're like that with everybody or if it was just me, but Mel, there was this, this attraction power. Where does that come from for you? Where's the burn? Where does this passion for life come from for Mel Abraham? God,
0: if I went back to it, I, I think part of it is, is my dad. My My dad... Came to. I'm the son of an immigrant family. My dad came to the U.S. He, he was in a country where they were hunting him down. He was. They were going to hang him in the square. Changed his name. Got fake papers. Ended up here at 17 with nothing. And he always did. Like he was smuggling people out to keep them safe. And and I remember four days before he passed away, I, I asked him. I said. I said, if they caught you, they were going to hang you at 17. What? Why would you do this? I I know what I was thinking at 17. It wasn't that, you know? (laughs) And he said, he literally, as he sat in his wheelchair, he looks at me and he says, because it was the right thing to do. Mm. And all of a sudden, my dad's life made sense to me. My journey made sense to me because he lived that way. Always asking, what's the right thing to do? How do I leave people better than when I came into their life? and not asking what the sacrifice is he was this quiet man he wasn't boisterous he was he was a, he was a chemical plastics engineer in the aerospace industry it wasn't anything but as i look back this this perspective of of knowing that each moment matters and that it actually is an opportunity to shift someone's life for the better and that when we look at it that way I think we start to give reverence to the moments that it deserves. And, you know, I have a philosophy that says legacy isn't what we leave behind. You know, it's not legacy isn't what we leave for people. Legacy is what we leave in people. And when Mm -hmm. we understand that, then we realize that it isn't about leaving a legacy. It's about living a legacy. And I got that from dad. It's just it's just knowing that. Even if this was if if our moment together backstage was the only time we met, how do I make it important? How do I make it meaningful? How do Hmm. I make it impactful? And so I try to be present. And, you know, I I, I fall down plenty of times. But uh, but at the same time, I just I just know that the moments can be
1: monumental. And so is that a mindset that you carried through not only? As a father, but in your work and all relationships and everything that you've done,
0: uh, it is a mindset that I think I tried to carry through. There's, I like I said, I, I I am I am not I am not perfect, you know. And being a you know, I raised my son as a single dad, and he reminded me. He reminded me really vividly at six years old that I was screwing it up. I, you know, I was working a lot. I was building stuff and. He came in one day and he just says, daddy, daddy, I drew a picture of you at school today. And all of a sudden I kneel down because he's so excited. And I see this picture of me in blue felt pen, a a stick figure standing in front of two computer screens and a phone in each ear. And at the hands of a six year old, I kind of go, oh, shoot. And it was, you know, and I think that we all can look at it. I could have easily looked at it and said, hey, kid. You know, I got to keep the roof over our heads. We got to do this. We need the profits so we can do the things we love to do. But he didn't understand that. He didn't need my profits. He needed my presence. And and this idea of work-life balance and all that stuff came to roost with me and said, why? We can't do balance. Balance is two counterweights playing tug-of-war. What we need to do is harmony. And harmony comes from intent and intentional. So I think from that point, is where I started to look at it and say, how do I make it
2: happen? And have you thought about writing a book, but just don't have the time? We would love to help you make that dream come true this year. Introducing BNC Publishing. We offer an in-house three-step process to help you bring your book to life. The whole process only takes 60 to 90 days. Compared to 18 months for traditional publishing methods, we work fast. To see if we are a good fit to work together on your project, email our team at info at bennewman.net. That's info at bennewman.net. Now back to the show.
0: And so I try to bring it in in the things I do when I speak, when I when I you know when I have my my employees, my teams, all that stuff. But I know I I'm, I'm not infallible.
1: But I I want people to feel important. Well, you you certainly make people feel important. Uh, You're certainly very present. Now let me take you to this mindset battling cancer. Yeah. You know, people face challenge, people face adversity. So you have this life lesson from dad, almost embracing and appreciation for the opportunity that you have and to lead people the right way. You have this deep, profound lesson from your son at six. When adversity struck, and I don't know if anybody's ever asked it to you this way. When cancer hits, where did your mind go then? Did that mindset get you through it? Did you have a little bit of a setback? How did you battle that adversity when you got that cancer news?
0: I was in denial. Truth be told that I found out for certain on a Friday and my wife and I laid around on a Saturday crying just all day, just because I, I was in my mind, young. I'm not a smoker, not a drinker. No, my family ever had cancer. I didn't. And, and my, my struggle So the struggle for me was I was searching in my past to find something or someone to blame. Who did I wrong? Why did I deserve this? Why is this coming after me? And then the bigger thing for me that caused the emotion and the the fear was I loved life too much and I wasn't ready to let it go. And at that point, that weekend, it was still unknown because they literally said, right now it looks like a five centimeter tumor, it turned out to be seven and a half centimeters. It was on top of the prostate. So he says, you know, we'll go in, we'll have to take it out. We gotta, we gotta, we might have to take out the prostate. I can't see the ureter. We might have to put a tube in a bag in. And yeah. if it's bad, you're gonna lose your kit your your bladder. And I'm like going, hold on a second. How did I go from the top of the world to the point of I might have a bag? And and it just I was scared. I mean, I, and I freaked and I was, I was resentful and I was in a dark, dark place and it was hard and it took a little while for me to try and dust myself off and say, I had to get to a point of accepting it and saying, okay, I've been dealt this hand. I have, what, what am I going to do? What's, what's the choice? And the thing that allowed me to get through it was I I realized that I was searching for something I did in the past that caused me to get the cancer. And when I shifted that to start looking at it and saying, what if it wasn't because of something I did, but it was for something I'm supposed to do? Can I now now all of a sudden the cancer found some meaning and found some value. And then and, and I said, OK, this is the hand we've been dealt how do we fight this as best as possible and we hit it from every possible medical way possible I didn't matter i just and the blessing of of my financial situation allowed me to do that to shut things down and say we're in the game let's fight this thing and let's do it you know with with abandon we're we're going to beat this thing and, and and let's give it a fight you know and so that's what we did uh, yeah. i was blessed to have people like you know, my, my wife, my son, you know, people like Brendan. Brendan got he got angry at me because I didn't call him enough to to mm-hmm. to fill him in. And and to have people in your life that sat back and said, Hey, checking in on you. But it's it is a tough battle. And it's still, truth be told, it's not the you know, the, the, the surgeon that I have is a great surgeon. He, he said, You and I will be in a relationship for the rest of our life mm. because it's a high-reoccurring cancer. And So I go in for regular scopes, regular checkups and everything. And, and so it's never too far from the mind. And, and as you know, the week before I'm going in for a scope, I just did it just, just uh, Uh, before the holidays that week, I, I keep telling my wife, I go, I know what a defendant feels like when, (laughs) when they say that the jury reached a verdict, come on into the courtroom, you know, and it's like, you're going in and you're just, all right, you're on pins and needles. And, and he says, you're all clear. And, uh, and so, but but it's taken discipline. It's taken a whole lot of self-awareness, discipline from a diet standpoint, from a workout standpoint, from from a mind standpoint, to stay and not allow the demons to take hold.
2: A major part of reaching your peak performance is having the right people in your life or organization. And to help with that, we are proud to introduce our strategic partner, Spark Companies. No matter the industry or workforce needs, Spark companies provide extremely effective solutions for leadership recruitment, staffing, and other workforce solutions. For our listeners, Spark is offering a no-cost consultative session to help identify your specific needs and how they might be able to help. To schedule your free consultation, head over to bennewman.net forward slash spark. That's bennewman.net forward slash S-P-A-R-K now let's get back into the show
1: you know oftentimes when people go through that challenge and adversity the demons don't just take over the body it takes over the mind it takes over the desire to have a a will to write a book to speak to give to serve to work and one of the things that i just think is is amazing because i've heard you share with me your fight with cancer but then I see the consistency of all these events you continue to do with Brendan and the passion you have with Brendan. And you've already written The Entrepreneur Solution, one best-selling book. And now we've got Building Your Money Machine, which is going to be the next best-selling book. And, and we'll get everybody all the, the notes and ways to stay connected and learn more about the book and, and the final release date and everything. But some people just give up. And, and even a doctor to say to you, well, we're going to have this long time. People just, they give up. Well, what do you mean yeah. it's going to be? So they just, they stop and they shut down. And you had this energy when you talk about Brendan. And I know specifics that you have shared with me, but I just, I just want to talk about just that connection. You have a passion for helping Brendan be his best on that stage. And I'm very intentional in, in the way that I watch people and I watched you behind the scenes on that stage, meticulously wanting everything to be right. Meticulously wanting it to be right for Brendan. And then I hear you talk about it. And it's just, I, I just want everybody, I don't even know if this is a question or more of just a highlight for you before we talk about the book and so many of the amazing things you have done and continue to do. But it was amazing for me to see somebody that has battled and fought. To still give and serve. Because the easy thing for people, well, I'm just, you know, Brendan, it's been a hell of a ride, buddy, but I don't have time. So maybe that, maybe that is the question. Where does that come from? That 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 selfless mindset that you have.
0: So the the first the first response to that is that's a place of joy for me. It doesn't feel like work. I get lost in it. I get I get lost in that service and lost in the mission and there's, there's joy in it. Uh, I remember it was shortly after my, my second surgery that I went to a smaller event and they go, you okay to be here. I said, not only am I okay, I need to be here." as tired as those things can be. I feel fueled and energized by them. And, and I, and I recognized that I needed them as much as maybe they needed me, but, but I needed them more at that time. And I needed, I needed to be in that environment of positivity of moving forward of staying in the game because I, 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 like, I, I see my, my mom's, she just turned 90, 90 ish. She won't tell us. She gets, (laughs) you know, and, and she's been on dialysis five and a half years, which is, you know, it's a long time. You're not usually like that. I watch her and what I thought originally was, regret. I, I've come to realize it's not regret. It's If it's a regret, it's a regret for the fact that she didn't appreciate the life she had. There's so many times that she says, you know, your dad was a good man I didn't appreciate. And I don't ever want to be in that place where I look back and go, I didn't appreciate the days I had. What the cancer did was it allowed me to understand, like like I said, the importance of the moments, but to realize as much as they told us growing up, hey, you only have a certain amount of time here. Yeah, whatever, you know, but the fact is, is we only have a certain amount of time here. Hmm. Are we going to make it matter? Are we going to make it mean something? Are we going to, are we going to do something? Not, not monumental in the sense, they're going to be statues and names on buildings, but just something meaningful where at the, I think that I believe that each one of us was brought here for a reason. Each one of us have a specific, unique gift. And the purpose of that is to give it to the world. And and we when we don't give it to the world, we disrespect the gift, and we disrespect the journey, and we disrespect the uniqueness, and it dies inside of us. I don't want anything dying inside of me. I, I literally want to sit back and go, I want to get to those last days, my toes on the edge of that thing, looking back sweaty, dirty, and, and tired, and go, it's a hell of a run.
1: I'm ready to go. Uh, you you certainly do that in everything that you do. I could see it that meticulous nature of what I saw, and one of the things that I really respect and admire about you. And we're going to keep this all positive because what I'm about to say, we could go down a whole nother tangent. Because I, I just I just have a feeling that you believe what I believe. I have Mal such a low tolerance for people giving financial advice that are in horrible financial affairs like just like they 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 haven't saved any money and they may never retire and they're giving financial advice yes. or the person who all of a sudden has a a brand new coaching program but they've never coached anybody but they went to a seminar i mean it, it drives me nuts and what i admire about you and you know you subtly mentioned it But because you worked hard, because you were smart with your money, because you did things over a long period of time, everybody wants the quick fix, the quick hit, the quick solution, the quick wealthy way. But you were able to say, gosh, when I battled cancer, I was able to say, hey, whatever needs to be done because of how hard I've worked and what I believed in my disciplines, that's happened. And so when I see your podcast. You know, you've written the affluent blueprint. It's like, bring it on. (laughs) Give me the blueprint because you're an example that people can follow. How important, and then we're going to talk about the book, how important has it been for you to not just be somebody who read the books or was, you know, an accountant and learned a lot about finances, but they weren't in order. How important has it been for you as a leader in this space to be an example by taking care of your money the right way?
0: I, I think it it's everything from the perspective because look look, I got a CPA license, I got a evaluation credential, I got all the credentials, I got all the licenses. But I think that there's so much more to the fact that I lived it. That that there is nothing that I talk about that I just I I lived. So so I speak not from I I don't speak from just an education, I speak from a knowing. I speak mm. for Ernie, and it's something that is, is, I can truly say, this is my truth. It, it's given me the peace. It started with the picture that Jeremy drew. I knew I had to do money differently. I knew I had to do business differently. I knew I had to do life differently if I was going to take care of the, the greatest gift that was given to me. And then the importance of it really came full circle in the cancer. Because now I sat back and said, I'm going to fight for my life. I'm getting back in the ring. I used to fight competitively. I'm back in the ring. And so if you're going to fight that, I I had to fight it spiritually, ed- energetically, medically, psychologically, all of it. But I didn't have to fight it financially. And that was a gift. And and it's a, it's a gift to be able to do that. It's a blessing. I feel it was a privilege. But it was something that allowed me to do this. And then... So let's just do some timing so we understand where this came from. I got diagnosed in June of 2019 pandemic hits in 2020. I watched people struggle in the pandemic financially. I saw people destroyed and, and I had a dear friend of mine who said, if they knew what you knew, would, would they have struggled as much if they did Mm. what you're telling people to do? And I said, no, he said, then maybe this is your path. And so, so, this is where the whole, the book, the speaking, the show, everything came out of because in the process of healing, I did it through, ser- I, I, I'm doing it through service daily. I'm doing it through giving daily. And, and I literally, I was on Brendan's stage speaking in Austin, 2000 people. And then he had me do some Q and A after I did my, my session because we had a little extra time. And I listened to the questions and I got backstage. This was a, Almost a year ago, a little over a year ago, November, and he says, "What's up?" And I said, "There's a lot of uncertainty in the world. There's a lot of pain out there." And he said, "Yeah." And I said, "They need access to this, and they can't get access to me necessarily." And he says, "So what do you think?" And I said, "I'll write the book," and that's where the that's how the book was born. Seventy five days from that from from me making the decision,
1: I had the first manuscript. So how excited are you about this book? Tell us about the excitement because, see, that that's another thing. You, you hear something, you feel something, but this is the history. I hope everybody's listening. You take action and you do it. And so that's what I think is so unique about this book because a lot of people could hear that feedback and say, well, it just you know, means I could do this, but I don't have time for it. But you did it. So how excited are you for the release of this book, Building Your Money Machine? Here's how I look at it. This is the whole new season of my life
0: is to serve i truly believe so my my firm belief and you see it in the book i say it is that that financial freedom is a birthright we just need to go claim it we don't want to talk about money we don't want to have conversations you demonize money the media doesn't like money but you know what money is just a tool it's no different than a hammer a screwdriver but let's show how you can have peace so we take one aspect Financial wellness destroys relationships, destroys productivity, destroys marriages, dis- destroys profitability. Let's give them financial wellness because you know what? It's actually simple. It's it, it may not be easy, but it's simple. Just do the right things and let's get, get them in the game. And so for me, I'm looking at saying, if I look at my history and my journey, for all of a sudden, my whole, this, the book represents the culmination of my, well, I'm 62. So six decades on this earth because all of a sudden I can look back and I I can follow the trail and go, this is how I got here. Because look, I'm a freaking accountant. You wouldn't expect me to be doing this <laughs> stuff. And, and yeah, that's what drives me. And And so I'm so excited because, not because the book is coming out. I'm so excited because I think that we have the opportunity to allow people to become the inflection point in their family tree. That- they get a chance to be that point in their in their generational living to to have the generations beyond look back and go uncle bobby made a difference and because he did that and because he made one decision just like my dad did to come here life is different for us and that that's why
1: i'm so excited about it well, I'm excited for readers to get their hands on the book. We're going to make it as easy as possible in the show notes for people to stay connected with you, as well as the details in the release of the book, ways to get on a VIP list for all of those updates. And here's something that I, I think is special. And I've just, once again, we could we have a whole nother podcast episode about this. You know, there's a lot of people that do things because it's for money. Oh, I want to start. This business for money. I want to write a book because I think I could make a lot of money. And I'm going to ask all of our readers you have a man of passion, a fighter who's in front of your screen right now who is not doing this for money. He just shared with you that because of feedback he gets of people who are struggling in this country with their money, and most of you, I was a financial advisor for over 10 years. So I know many people, they don't share the truth about their financial situation until they talk to their accountant or they talk to their financial advisor. So I know some of you might be struggling. So here's a man could care less about making money on this book. He wrote this book for you so that you have a better relationship with your money and your money works hard for you when you're done saving your money. Please, if you have friends, families, relatives, support the book because many people do things for the wrong reasons. And this is a man who is living, working, and doing for the right reasons. Now you understand why I say Mel Abra- Abraham is a special friend. So Mel, this, this has been a joy. I feel like we've got to talk for two oh, more hours. I appreciate you so much. I, I did send a message to Brendan actually earlier this morning saying, man, I got to get back on that growth day stage. And so Hopefully I get to see you before that happens. But if that's the next time I see you, I can't wait. You, you really are a gift, Mel. Thank you so much for joining us on The Burn.
0: Buddy, you are a gift too, and I appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to seeing how we, uh, we gel in the future, the things that we get a chance to do and share
1: with the world. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait for all of those interactions. And for those of you, once again, if you have questions about your money, if you have questions about your life, your future, have you done things the right way, talk to somebody, It might not be this book. Don't keep that to yourself. I, I talked to enough people in my career. Mel talked to enough people in his career who hide from the truth about their situation. And if you hide from the truth, it'll never get better. And sometimes people aren't courageous enough to say those things. I think Mel and I carry that in our hearts. We want you to get courageous and do the things and have the conversations and live realistically and understand what you need to do to live a better, stronger, more financially sound life. This has been The Burn. You know how we do it every week. We're going to bring you an amazing story of a Mel Abraham who helps you understand why that burn is so important so that you can ignite that why and purpose, show up on the days that you don't want to do it, and especially after you win. This has been The Burn. Mel Abraham, thank you again. Until next week.